Welcome to the Event Room, where event professionals from different backgrounds talk about the latest, most controversial, and interesting topics dominating the minds of the industry right now. This is a candid conversation, the likes of which can only otherwise be found late at night in host hotel lobby bars during industry conferences. So relax and drop in on what event pros really say when no one else is around. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that tells you how it really is. Now, let's brew something up. What's going on, the Brew Crew? This is your man, Mr. Will Curran of Endless Events. Uh, this is another man, uh, Nick Borelli from Borelli Strategies. <laughs> this is Dustin Westling, your uh, token Canadian uh-huh. from Canada. I don't know why I felt the need to say that. <laughs> it's be a good episode. Like a token <laughs> Canadian not from Canada? <laughs> <laughs> and this is 2ED, still free agent. Nice. Ooh. Have we like completely just like given up on being professionals at this point? Like, I think so. Yeah. All right. I that's fair. So. And I have to now ask this live. Can you share the doc with me? <laughs> <laughs> the doc is empty. Yeah, we don't know exactly what we're going to talk about. So if everyone knows how casual it's going to be. So before we go into that, before we go into talking about what we don't know what uh, what we're going to talk about today, uh, why why doesn't everyone uh, give us a lowdown on what you got in your cup? Jeez, you guys have cups. That's so fancy. I'm drinking straight out of the can, uh, as you would Shocker. if you if you were uh, also trying to polish off this 12 pack of uh, the new Mountain Dew Zero Sugar. Um, this is probably the the product of the year for me. Um, you know, Mountain. Uh, I, I hate Mountain Dew uh, Diet, but I'll drink it. But Zero, anything Zero is better than Diet. And if uh, you know, if you think otherwise, uh, hit me up at hashtag Event Brew slash Event Dew. And uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll start the debate. Yes. But, uh, oh, shit. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Dustin, so what do you it, got in your cup? Is, is, it just, is it just Mountain Dew with no sugar? Yeah. Um, Versus it, like an artificial sugar. sugar correct. I think, right? Yeah. It's zero calories, too. Um, but like in all those things, I think universally, your body doesn't know that. Right. I think that like everything I've ever read, it's like if it has zero calories, your body goes, cool, well, it probably should. So we're going to we're going to base this as if it does and store all the stuff, you know, just like that. So whatever it has to do to you know make you feel good, you know, uh, uh, unhealthy person. But we're going to go ahead and still make it make you pay for this. Great. Well, yep. I'm not I'm not going to inspire anybody because I'm drinking water. So that's um, inspiring for a lot of people. Keeping hydrated as we stay in lockdown quarantine. Right. Stay hydrated. It's very important. <laughs> Tui, what about you? I'm just like so confused. I'm like, Nick, are you buying these in bulk during this time? Like, what, <laughs> yeah. what are you? <laughs> you stockpile. Uh, like, everyone runs to the TP. You run towards the Mountain Dew zeros. <laughs> it's running the opposite direction towards like, the canned like, uh, soda. Op- bro, oh. I gotta get that Dew in me. I mean, I, I bought 36 uh, a week ago, so yeah. Wait, 36 cans or 36 cases? Oh, no, no. Just 36 <laughs> cans. Three 12 packs. But still, okay. I, I felt yeah. a little, you know. Felt a little alarmist. 
Uh, well, I'm. I just woke up, so I grabbed whatever I could out of the fridge. So I'm drinking organic coconut water, and then my backup is coffee. This latte, triple shot, nitro infused with uh, milk. Nice. What brand? Um, it's this one, La Colombia. Audio media. I was ma- mainly for the for the for the the the, the, the listening audience. <laughs> 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 like really wait, what this one, La Colombia, theater of the mind, everybody. <laughs> Whatever you think it is, it's that. <laughs> it could say Starbucks. It could say you know press. It I doesn't don't know matter. Why we get these? These are like three dollars each. <laughs> it's like well, we're tell, not budgeting well. Let us know by the end if it's any good at all. It's definitely <laughs> delicious. We always have a bunch of these in the and they're. It's weird because it's like this is the top of it is made out. Of, it's I don't know plastic wax. So you have to like take this plastic thing off. Before it becomes like a cup, or it's still no, a can. I don't know. It's just. Oh. I have no idea. It's like uh, you guys know, like the Baby Bell cheeses. Yeah. yeah. They're like we're gonna be fancy and put this in wax versus wrap it in plastic. Uh, no, that's probably no, what they're we're trying gonna to go put for. it in wax and then we're gonna wrap it in plastic. <laughs> oh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Very true. Very true. The world uh, is I'm, upside down. I am drinking uh, ginger lemongrass tea um, from a uh, awesome tea company called Red Blossom Tea Company. I think I've drinking this before on the show. So, um, yeah, it's really good. I think I just need a little bit of ginger and lemongrass in me <laughs> right now. We're gonna have the coconut cream. Um, it, what's funny is that I took that to um, my favorite lunch spot, Luana's, and I shared it, and they drank almost. All, they brewed it, and I have, like literally maybe one cup of loose leaf left of that tea because they drank all of it so i i think and with with ups and fedex and the postal service getting shut down basically i think i'm never gonna have that all my amazon orders got like pushed back a month because like they they believe that like puzzles and uh action figures are somehow not essential i I don't know this is a weird world (laughs) has anybody had any weird shopping experiences yet like anything have you gone to the grocery store and like just seen anything weird yeah i've turned down the aisle and people have gone like backed up like in a way that was like scared of me um and gone to the next aisle were you coughing or just no i was just i think that that they just saw nick and they they ran (laughs) yeah this this was like four months ago so i don't know no (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah who is this uh like amped amped up uh hillbilly uh no (laughs) you must uh, be from tiger king oh my god yeah so what yeah we're definitely doing an episode on tiger king i'm gonna figure out some way what event planners can learn from tiger king and just like stretch it to oblivion because i want to talk about that forever um but you know i was yeah i could definitely feel a anxiousness around um people getting close to each other um Mm. i was at the um this is this is going back just at the beginning of it when everybody was just like really annihilating the grocery stores and the shelves were just annihilated and just like canned goods and dry goods and there was no meat and i went down the health food aisle and it looked like it hadn't been touched like it's amazing like, right <laughs> i took a lot of pictures of that stuff all the organic food all the pizzas gone all the vegan pizzas there <laughs> so good i was like how strange like what a what a odd odd world we live in yeah i've seen all the milk gone at lots of targets all the almond milk app happily hanging out <laughs> almond milk's the best yeah well it's uh it you know people it, it could be in a pandemic i think that's it too maybe they just put it a lot in there and it lasts longer i don't know but um yeah i think that it's funny that people will like and i saw like all of the ho-hos and like that kind of stuff like completely ransacked and like another area that had 
um like fresh fruit totally full it's like we can't go outside we can't exercise people make healthy yeah make better choices (laughs) go with the mountain dew zero at least um yeah anyways uh cuckoo let's talk about the future yeah yeah let's stop talking about the past or the or the the grim present um yeah the past is even look i'm looking at that with rosy uh uh glasses and remembering you know what life was like a month ago uh when what we i keep saying this but like what we do wasn't illegal um Mm -hmm. i uh i've been like thinking about like because i'm working on some conferences that are taking place you know still planning on taking place in the end of q3 so i'm trying to envision like what's that you know what's that world look like and i've been doing it because of my role in strategy and communications it's like all right what do i not want to say how do I not? How do I want to say things that um, will resonate and make people feel what I want them to feel, but not f- have a wincing, like yuck um, feeling from it? You know, like in 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 ways that I never would have before. Like we, some of these, like this conference I've worked on for a couple of years, and like we stress, you know, five thousand of your peers will be there. I don't know if I want to do that right now. You know, like I don't want to make that one of the big line items of attraction of this much people right mm-hmm. um you know and then the destination was a big part of how i communicated um you know the value like it's it's a really cool destination and that changed every year obviously but we would we'd lean in on that um now it's like okay what do we um you know how do we talk to people mm-hmm. do you think that there's going to be a do you think des- there's certain destinations that are going to get hit harder with reputation or um like i i I think New York is getting, New York is getting just, oh God, my heart goes out to them, pummeled. Mm-hmm. Is that, is New York going to face a harder, a harder recovery when it comes to being a city that you want to take your programs to? Or do you think that it's likely we're all just going to recover through this together? Is there going to be cities that are going to be avoided? I'm trying to be gentle. <laughs> yeah, I would say New York. Washington like state those are gonna definitely get hit harder um, because it is you know the epic setting right now and there's 30 times the cases and mm-hmm. uh, so absolutely I'll definitely come back but I feel like other destinations will be chosen mm-hmm. first so the destinations that have the least number of cases the destinations Most that don't po- get hit the hardest will, will yeah. likely be the more popular destinations in the short term uh, I don't know. Like, I, I just think that this is just creating a certain amount of fear too across all attendees. Period. Um, that I mean, we're gonna see that, like, you know, a year from now, people are, might be still be like, "Look, I'm still afraid to get out there until there's a vaccine and a cure, and it's 100 percent eradicated." And people are like, "Corona, what?" You know, as as long as this can float around, similar to the flu, I think that people are gonna be paranoid and not want to go out. Rightfully so. Do you think the handshake has um, taken a long-term hit as far as its ability to um, communicate what it has historically communicated oh, for centuries? That's a tough one because mm-hmm. I feel like if the you know the government, the, the scientists, if they said okay, things are going back to the way they were, I couldn't see an alternative like that. The handshake is so professional of a mm-hmm. greeting. I wonder if that, you know, to go beyond the handshake is, is personal contact taking a hit. 
um, and the and proximity taken a hit for the long term and and not forever. I think that that we'll find our way back. But how long is it going to be before we walk around a room with hundreds of people in it, shaking hands and and feeling um, feeling like that's a that's a safe thing to do? On top of that, too, for me, like I love giving hugs and I love when people are like, you know, you go up to them and they're like, oh, I want to give you a hug. And they're like, oh, I'm a hugger, too. Yeah. And you get to yeah. like have that connection. And that's going to that even further, too, is definitely going to be even more eradicated, too. Mm-hmm. I know um, a couple of us were at the special event conference just as all this was starting to when shit was starting to hit the fan and um, and people's people's reactions towards like you'd go in to for a hug or a shake and they'd jump back and be like, no. And it's like, okay, um, number one. And number one, if in this moment you yeah. do not want personal contact, maybe announce that as I'm approaching. Um, because it definitely is a very weird feeling not to, not to connect in a physical way um, when you're greeting somebody and when you're talking to them. And it's one thing that I sure hope we don't hang on to very long because I do think that that kind of connection is important. I'd be curious to see what the tipping points are for people uh, in mass, right? So like, does it take, you know, a certain number of influencers and not necessarily in the, in a Kardashian sense of the word, but like, um, you know, the uh, visibility of people, you know, on news or, you know, today's show or, politicians although i don't think people emulate them a lot for their ways that they're they're physical with people um like what would it take for people to see number one and number two is it simply if we don't have a vaccine that human behavior will be halfway there and if we get a vaccine regardless of what that means you know like it might not be the uh, obliteration of it or whatever but um when people hear that word they feel like that's the period of the sentence like, I don't know. I'm curious to see, like, as this progresses um, through what will be a phases, what the tipping points mm-hmm. for the More new phases will be. For events, I really mm-hmm. see that. If the room fits only 100 people, you're not going to get 90 people in there anymore. Or, That's a great know, point. I, re- I don't know what that number is, but That's a great definitely. point. Venues have to really get in line there. <laughs> <laughs> Venues have lied for years. Uh, I've, I've been guilty. I've been guilty of that too. You know, how many yeah. people can you get in here? Me too. Me too. How many people can you get in here? I'm like, my, my brain is always like, well, you know, obviously, you know, you're, you know, trying to make money. Like, well, here's how many people we can get in here, knowing that like they're not going to get that and it's always going to be, you know, so like you're, you're playing a game. But like, yeah, you're right. Like, I think that everyone needs to get on board with the fact of like, what's the, what's the safe capacity and not necessarily mm-hmm. safe from a fire standpoint, but like, safe from more of a mm-hmm. you know a, a potential biological which i think know, is a great close thing you know a great Jeez. segue into this conversation about about the attendee and their expectation and i think that the the, the businesses the venues and the, the 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 producers are gonna put a lot of thought to what their role is in making sure that there's a safe and healthy environment but i'm curious to know um from the attendees perspective what are their new expectations going to be when it comes to capacity when it comes to um, health and well-being do you see any of you see anything that that is going to change over the long term and put pressure on organizations to do better 
Well, I think one of the things, uh, I mean, let's start with the, the probably the obvious things, right? Um, and then maybe get a little bit deeper into it. But um, I, I think it was on Event Icons yesterday. Someone asked, you know, is there going to be a new expectation of requirements for venues for hand sanitizing stations um, and things like that, um, right? Like, I, it's really interesting because, um, you know, before you used to see all these, ven like, uh, not all venues, but you see some venues that had the ability, for example, to have a button that you could kick on the floor for the men's bathroom. I'm mm -hmm. sure this was in the ladies' bathroom, too. And you kick it, and it opened the door for you automatically, so you didn't have to touch anything, right? Um, I think that's going to become more commonplace. Um, I think that also, yeah, hand sanitizing stations um, near almost every exhibitor. You know, you're shaking everybody's hands. You're seeing each other. Okay, I'm going to hand sanitize. Boom, done. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think... Uh, this is going to create such a new culture of cleanliness that uh, and personal hygiene that I think now attendees are going to demand to demand it, especially in the short term, mm -hmm. especially next year or so. If this virus exists anywhere, right, you're going to hear about that news where it's going to calm down. Then you're here. Oh, my God, someone just died of it in this new place. Maybe it's a new strand, whatever it is. And then all of a sudden everyone's going to freak out again. Right. So in the short term, I can see like people really, really being focused on that. That's what my thoughts are. I think venues should audit um, and have someone outside of their organization come in um, and, you know, do an audit based on heightened version of it. Like I could tell you that having worked in catering and in venues, generally speaking, they're a little bit better than most people. Um, I know that's broad, but most um, types of organization, because there's lots of certification and training and things that you have to do uh, in order to keep things uh cleanly and safe uh and, that, and that's i think that there's a level of that that you know um has been baked into what that product is i think there's another level though mm -hmm. for perception and i think that requires um an organization that really has a thumb on the pulse of of what is going on and it, you know is doing some research in that in that area um to say that like to be successful now i think you have to go above and beyond not just meet minimum you know, requirements for cleanliness and, uh, you know, having employees must wash their hands signs, mm -hmm. but, you know, a little bit sterner, you know, everyone must wash their hands. Um, and I think that, uh, I, I think that there'll probably be measures that will be stronger and more visible at first in order to gain that trust again in gatherings. And I think that we can test and measure and audit to see how popular those things are over time to determine, you know, if this is a long-term thing, my gut says, Mm -hmm. Big overreaction at the beginning, similar to, you know, you know what some people say we're doing right now. And then if it is successful over time, the overreaction will seem like an overreaction because, um, you know, you did your you did your job right. And then you can start, you know, going back to normal over increments. Right. If there is a normal, I don't think there's a 100 percent normal. I think that, you know, there's uh, I think right some now, of this stuff will stay about attendees. I'm I'm thinking it about it from the perspective of the international attendee, like like Italy, mm. they're mm. so traumatized by this. And I feel like the US is not there yet, unfortunately. And we don't really know someone that's like died from it. It's like just beginning for us. So I look at it from that point of view. And as a company, you know, we talk about wellness, uh, like mental health. And I think that needs to be a conversation to you know, especially if conferences, businesses are bringing people back together and gathering, I feel like that's going to be, people are going to be seeking speakers from that side of it. I could see certain cities really having different uh, reactions to this, even within the same country, you know, like 
the perception is if you plan an event in LA, as an example, there's going to be healthier food options and more variety. I could see if you plan an event in New York City moving forward in, you know, five or six months that it's going to be a heightened um, feeling around, um, you know, all of this and there, there being a little bit more in that city uh, when it comes to cleanliness and more options there. Because I think what's been exposed is uh, densely populated uh, cities uh, with uh, metropolitan populations are, you know, are kind of soft targets for viral, viral outbreaks. And uh, I think that culturally it'll become part of how you do business in that city, um, you know, in a way that is, I think, akin to, you know, um, like special considerations that, you know, I guess that have always existed for cities. But um, so I think that you'll see some lagging uh, indicators, you know, of cities that are are hit harder with it um, and they're fighting more perception. I think the CVBs. Are gonna have to really get on board with um, their they perceptions. Have a lot of work to do. Oh my goodness! A lot of work to do. It's March it's a tough business today, just for context. And um, Tourism Calgary just yeah. laid off sixty percent of their staff, um, which is just like, holy shit! Sure, like, that is that's crazy. Um, and I do, and I do worry about about who's who's left to rebuild and and how much of our experience and our strength are we losing through this and it's it's it is going to be interesting um i don't know if it necessarily lose strength but i think you lose momentum more because i mean think about it like in theory if if we can all of a sudden hire people back we can hire the same people back they'll probably want their jobs back right Mm -hmm. and you know everything like that but what's going to happen is all so much yeah wasted time so much wasted and uh you have lots of momentum right Mm -hmm. i wonder where I think the food and beverage industry in general is going to see some big changes in the way they do business. And that is going to come from the attendees expectation. I think the days of, of spreads of food out in the open is going to have to shift. I don't think we're going to need to go to, to packaged everything, but I do think that holding times and exposure and um, how much access people have to actually touch the food that other people are eating. I think that, that is that is going to change and i think that that even six months from now when i walk up to a buffet i'm going to be like i'm still going to feel a bit icky about where that food who is in line before me and who has touched that <laughs> how is golden corral still around that's my question let's get to the I, questions I, I that really matter <laughs> i agree though you know like there's a few examples some real some real like dice rolling organizations that have like still you know still exist uh, you know, I wonder if they, they, they'll survive, but I think food and beverage, um, I think that probably because there's like science involved and like, um, uh, because there's kind of like black and white, you know, things and in institutions like serve safe that exist. Um, I think it'll be down to private businesses, uh, that'll crop up and provide that perception level. And I think there may be a bunch of, uh, associations, organizations, accreditations that come out of nowhere, for you know marketing and perception pieces that allow you to say i am you know green certified the equivalent of the sustainability you know groups um uh but for you know cleanliness or for that so they can you know go above and beyond and there could be a marketing war with um who is you know you know who's the most accredited um 
you know, and not just the pass fail kind of like a plus restaurant versus, you know, D or whatever, but like in a way that is, I think, audited by a third party that that is dealing more in the lines of perception because the, um, you know, the, the shut you down groups that exist with local government, like they're not so much concerned about your um, revenue generating and your positioning. They're just looking for pass fails and enough passes that you get to succeed or, you know, get to sell. And then the free market decides the rest of it. And I think that the free market's going to become obsessed with this stuff and I think that that's an opportunity to make money and with that I like that you come, said that Nick you know, I, accreditation. I was going to say the vetting process is going to be way different just like how you were with sustainability and what's your carbon footprint it's now going to be what's your health regulations what are you doing to sanitize these you know whatever that may de- be I absolutely see planners doing that those Which other groups are screwed by the way <laughs> yeah like sustainability i don't think so is gonna go on the back burner. Well, not like i'm already seeing so oh <laughs> well you're in la okay true <laughs> <laughs> you're in a bubble so like i'll give you an example like it, my cleveland ohio is as bad as midwest you know like middle of the road you know not not likely and that kind of stuff is possible and i will tell you that in early 2020 as they were talking about potentially you know or looking like that that down like six months down the line they were going to eliminate plastic bags because you can still absolutely get those anywhere um there was constant hemming and hawing about that their loss of freedom of plastic bags i never knew people loved plastic bags as much as they did and then they were saying they're charging me for a bag like that you know and like just like constantly and i'm like do you really know down to and it's like 10 cents do you really know how much you were spending already on your food down to 10 cents because if you do oh my god like i mean maybe i'm just doing well enough that i you know i don't sweat 10 cents but um there was that right and and immediately when this stuff happened they bring the plastic bags back they brought them all back they don't want people bringing their you know gross bags in and reusing things and and the the, the idea of reuse just sounds icky right now to some people right so like i i think there's that and i think that there's a shift in priorities as like i had this phone call on monday and like uh this guy greg bogue i work with like he he showed me this email that he got uh from this woman named claire in our group too and she was like here's uh maslov's uh, hierarchy of needs and like here's where we're at right now and she drew like there was like a drawing underneath it said toilet paper we're right oh, there. So like yeah. anything about levels of sophistication, about experience design and manuals and, and like all that, he's like, just know that like people are still hoarding toilet paper. So, you know, and I don't want to be pessimistic or whatever. I just want to be like everyone's like um, passions, I think, might take a back seat to, you know, progressive passions might and take a back seat back to, to getting things back to normal. They are going to lose momentum. And um and we've seen lots of that. Yep. I haven't seen a, a environmental protest in two weeks. Um, we, oh yeah, they can't is, have yes, them, <laughs> which is true. I haven't seen a post about anything other than um, I've seen lots of people in LA posting the clear skies because the smog is lifted. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, that's why they don't have to do protests is because the environment's probably gonna won. recover because yeah. of this. <laughs> yeah, but we're idiots and we we're still going. So the, yeah, exactly. Going like yeah. You, yeah. It's too nice here for it's, people to stay in. It's not Florida. I I will say this though, maybe like that that clear sky thing. Maybe that's a thing. Maybe if you tie in what's going on to your pet project or your you know your passion or whatever it is, maybe you've got a chance to resonate. But I think if you don't and you just do business as usual with your messaging, mm-hmm. no one's going to hear it unless See, you're talking about toilet paper. I'll go ahead, Dustin. You just said something really interesting to me about 
the the climate and i've been i've been watching my 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 neighbors to the south and shaking my head and going oh my god oh my god you guys need to lock down you need to just stop stop gathering stop going out stop going to the beach and and we we for the most part where i am have got we're we're locked down like you don't see anybody out anywhere you don't i still take my dog to the dog park because i have to and and there's there's two or three people there when normally there'd be 150 people there and i keep forgetting that it's a bit it's a bit due to the climate too like it's winter in canada so it's like we don't we're not really outside doing a whole heck of a lot um and i don't know why i felt it was important to highlight that but i can see how how locking down in a nice climate is a lot harder than um where I am, where it's like, it's kind of crappy outside. So we don't mind staying in. And that's our way of life too. I, Mm -hmm. uh, I was listening to the daily podcast in New York times and they were saying how in China, they did a military lockdown. People are actually locked in their homes and now they're seeing, you know, progress and and recovery. You're not going to get Americans to do that or even Canadians. That's just not our way of life. We have the freedom to do those things. And we have, you know, the other thing I also think is it's a generational thing where there's not, there's a lack of needing to sacrifice. I've never had to, you know, I've never been drafted into a war. I've never had to really think about the sacrifices and in that sense, which is why we get all these complaints that, you know, the millennials are, well, it's actually not our fault. It's Gen Z (laughs) that's like going on spring break. So, (laughs) but it's, yeah, it's, it's going to take way longer for our country and Dustin, I'm sure like maybe you guys are taking it way more seriously, but here in LA, I, I don't see that. I see we people de- still we living. We definitely are. We definitely are. We're you guys have, as of today, March 27th, you've uh, you've topped the list. You made it to the top of the list. America always wins. Good work. Um, and we're we're quite a ways down on that list. So, um, America, get your shit together. Stay inside. You don't need to gather. Don't worry. We're coming for you. Oh, wait. So what I was going (laughs) to say, going back to what one thing that I see ramping up, um, Nick, as you're saying, like, put your passion on back hold. I'm reading social, the way that we connect, like neuroscience. And Nick, I also got um, remotely engaging that just came in. Uh, And I. Yeah, it's a good book. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's good. I'm going to be reading all that shit. You should listen to our interview we did with them uh, on event icons. Uh, They expand upon it a little bit further. Uh, Put it in the link. Put it in the resources. And call to action, you guys. Whoever wants to listen to that with me. Yeah, it's the Martin Shepardly and Paul Cook uh, episode of Event Icons. We'll link to it. Awesome. But yeah, I think that's really going to be, at least in my mind, like an advantage for me, for me to learn those things. And, you know, we've talked about it and how do we design events and... um, just the, the 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 social dynamics behind that and why humans like crave that so that's what i've been doing and reading good for you nice thanks outside of like health um like you know washing your hands and sanitizers and maybe less hugging and stuff like that do you see any other design impacts for uh a, a, the return of gatherings um, at least in the short term like an yeah, audio visual is there anything that you hit, would say i mean here's the thing i think is going to be a big impact i'll kind of pivot into this kind of conversation is that we have so many clients coming to us right now asking us to convert their in-person events to virtual and there's so much knowledge to be learned i mean talk about two is like how many people are just now googling understanding i'm telling people like look go take a web design 101 class hey learn um you know website design strategies um all these things that weren't 
really that important in the events industry are now becoming important because we want to do virtual events. But I think what's going to happen with the attendee experience is that we are going to be creating all these virtual events and attendees are going to go, oh my gosh, I really like the fact that I can network virtually and that I can see this content virtually. I don't feel the need to go to the in-person conference. And so I think what you're going to see is that the demand for a virtual experience even if you do do an in-person experience, maybe like a hybrid event, uh, talking a little bit about uh, Paul Paul and uh, Martin's book, but um, I think we're going to see a huge demand in that. Attendee expectations for virtual, I think, are going to be there. Once people, Right now, it's not there. I understand for a lot of planners, they say, like, well, I don't know what my attendees want, this and that. But as soon as we start feeding them live streams and virtual events, they're going to say, I'd rather do it this way anyways. Um, and maybe go to one conference a year, not 20. I do think that we've introduced a huge population of people to webinars and um, and video calls that weren't doing it before. I was actually shocked. I mean, it's it's amazing that we're only on week two because it feels like year two. But um, last week when it all started, I was amazed at how many people I was walking through how to download Zoom. I was like, oh, that's not and it's and it's nothing and it's nothing to them. It's just it's never been a necessity for them and they've never needed it to the level that we're using it now. Um, and I think now that we've introduced people to the, the, the basic technology that we've actually had for 20 years, um, I do think that it's, um, it will make an impact and people will, might lean more towards um, a webinar experience over a very expensive in-person experience. Um, but I do think that our, our, our need to connect is never going to change. Um, the way we connect is going to adjust, but... Um, yeah, the 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 face to face is not in in danger any more than it was three weeks ago, um, and I think that that our we were we we have been making this slow shift towards more digital, more online, and I think that may escalate a little bit, but it's not gonna it's not gonna change us forever. Short term, I think it's gonna have a big impact because there's gonna be enough organizations that have 100%. reduced amount of revenue, so they they they're gonna cut out their travel. Uh, so like the virtual is going to replace live experiences from the standpoint of uh, as, as long as they people continue to make uh, virtual the uh, the same. I'm sorry, like a cheaper product um, then we're again, lower Maslow's people don't care about value right now. They care about right. like how much money they have. Right. So um, that it's not about like it's better like a face face to face is better you're like great i can't afford better I, I can afford what i can afford so because there's so much instability with uh, you know how much money people have depending on the industry um it's gonna have a short-term thing and then there is a bit of training people how to do something that like never never you know stops it and i think that like i've been really harping on this a lot is that it's while i think it's an accelerator for everyone's value proposition to get better I agree with Dustin. This has been coming a long time, and this threat has been there in the in the you know in the wake for quite a bit of time. I, I do believe, though, because the viability of it has been tested, um, I think now it, it is kind of a, an accelerated platform for everyone to get really good at what they do and uh, to show the results. Like I think that I think event planners have just been really poor at showing results, and they can't now. Like they have to say like my event causes damage to the environment and it can get you mm -hmm. sick, but it does all of these things, which are amazing. Like acknowledge the, the absolute cons of face to face 
you know, don't make those your marketing points, but like acknowledge them even internally and say, we have to overcome this like times two, times three and make, and, and I think we can, like, I have no, no problem thinking that we can, but you have to show all the results, show all the work uh, and show all the value uh, in a way that doesn't take for granted. Like we had a great event last year and we're gonna have another great event this year. And you're like, no, you, you tell me what great event means. Tell me, tell me how the dial was moved and tell me how risk involved in travel and all these risks are, are, you know, are acceptable risks because uh, the results are that good. I agree. I think there's going to be a big uptake from um, the world of working from home. I think I've watched companies that have for a long time say we could never have our employees work from home. It would never, ever work from us. And lo and behold, last week, all their employees are working from home. And I do think that corporations are going to see that that mm -hmm. actually is a thing and it can work. And um, and that that will probably be a change for the good um, in a lot of ways. I've been thinking about I've been thinking about this. So I'm, I'm organizing a conference, hypothetically, you know, for an industry. Um, and, you know, there's a huge workforce now that's working from home and doesn't get to meet their own team members face to face that many times. Do you provide opportunities for, um, you know, uh, whole teams to get together the day prior, the day afterwards uh, and have some kind of, um, you know, space, some kind of like packages for teams to come to your conference and to meet together because they never get to meet together. Like, do you, do you facilitate a, you know, that kind of gathering? Cause like I do that with the teams I'm on pretty frequently. I know like if, as an example, like the industry associations, you know, like within our industry have days prior to where, you know, you get all the, you know, the officers and in, in their different you know groups that are from and they come together face to face for the first time and they build some bonds but what about internally like again if everybody you know if many people are working from home and don't have a chance to do that um and you're an organizer that, that is dealing with that and you want the group sales because it's a smart sales decision when it comes to conference um you know maybe there's a package that includes that yeah. i love it how i nice. envision would you like will would you do that like think about imex like you are, I, I see you at IMEX and you are face to face with a lot of the remote team members that you have. And you're, you probably like your team probably oh, comes together <laughs> around that. I mean, first off, you guys are working like crazy. So I don't know how much time you have that. But if, if you if you would have another day or maybe you do have another day associated with that where you're working on stuff, you know, like that, like and someone were to sell you a package, like if IMEX were to sell you a package and say, here's a reduced rate you know, uh, to yeah. have like 10 of you there or whatever it is. And then we'll include this yeah, space. For sure. like, I mean, like that's, that's appealing, we, we right? Were up until uh, literally, yeah, two weeks ago, we were uh, going to have a retreat in July with our whole company. We're going to fly everybody in. We were going to, you know, buy, a, get, not buy a house, but yep. uh, rent like an Airbnb house in, the, in like Montana yeah, or whatever it was going to be and bring everybody together. And we're yep. going to put lots of money towards it. So, you know, the more we could have an organized feeling, yeah, we we think that's really really important. I think yeah, now we're going. A lot of people are going to go remote. If conferences, that's I think a huge strategy. Man, that's a really good idea. It's like yeah, sell a sell a package, reduced rate. I mean, like put it, make sure we're all on the same floor of the room block yep. in the same hotel, and yeah, like maybe give us like yep. a, a our own breakout room or something like that that we can use to have our own little mini meetings or something like that. I'm pitching this later today. I mean, I didn't, I just thought of it in the moment, but, um, again, like how do you react to this? Like, like Dustin said, like this new thing where people are, um, you know, working apart, but still crave 
you know, what they're missing. Right. And I think if you're, if you're an event, I think you have to think about the, the shift in landscape and realize that your attendees are, are maybe they're craving, you know, community in a way that they haven't before, you know, if they're not, you know, together and, you know, that open door policy of some offices, right. If that's just removed, um, and there's no, you know, nothing like that. And it's just slack. Like, how do you, um, how do you talk to that yeah, new world? So I'm, one of the things I can see too is, I mean, similar to almost the way incentive companies work. I mean, I'm thinking about also too, man, I'm just getting brainstorming now with ideas, but like, yeah, like the expectation is that we remote <laughs> employees. I mean, I'm just never thought of this before because no one's ever asked a remote company like, Hey, we, we can help you do this. It's been like, we've been the minority and now we're the majority. Um, and wow. Yeah. Yep. Man. By the way, your your ability, you know, to have another revenue stream around um, having spent this much time already, you know, down this uh, path, uh, there's probably something there too. But like, I think there's an educational opportunity in in a big way for what this looks like. Because I've been having conversations with people that are like, literally, like, man, I'm wigged out. I've been in my house working for like, you know, with no other people besides my family for two weeks, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going on like five years. Yep. So, uh, you know. Uh, I could tell you some, you know, big pitfalls and some things to avoid and whatever based on how you are. But like um, this can I mean, this can be even a sustainable environment. But like I think anyone who's been in these situations is like, again, you've been using Zoom for a million years and now people are like, how do I download Zoom? Right. Like, well, you have a new set of authority of, of, of uh, in something that people are just discovering, um, you know, uh, consider what you went through and apply that empathetically to what the rest of the world is going through and see if you have anything that, you know, you could provide. So I've been like trying to imagine if the future attendees and then I try to get not too futuristic, but it's, I actually think of it as a good thing is subconsciously these, these planners, these, you know, suppliers are going to be thinking about like smaller grouping. So, you know, coming off, I don't think we're going to be in like motor coaches anymore. I feel like they're going to be like, minis or less or there's not going to have capacity um even the welcome recept um registration all the way to like swag hopefully there's better swag and things that people will actually use um i see yeah right actually that's what we did when everyone's at cater stores i was on site at the hotel when they decided to cancel the state of california put out um a state of emergency and we had so much hand sanitizer. We were like going around. It's like liquid gold. And um, I see, I don't see theater style as much anymore. Thank goodness. I see la- like more um, like lounge vignettes and more like tables so people can have their space, which is great. Uh, especially because I think subconsciously they're going to say, well, at least in my mind, I would say they're so used to being in their living rooms. So that's like a comfort thing in the back of their head. And they, and have that like more space i don't see big awards nights or welcome receptions i see them breaking up off into smaller groups and doing kind of like dine arounds with their um main team uh and then this is like the futuristic in me uh who was i was attending i think it was event mb's um like planner i don't know like session and they had like someone 3d come up on the screen and they just like scan there I can't even explain it but I thought that was so cool and I I see like big stakeholders or like CEOs and stuff because everyone will be in different rooms or different restaurants having more AV like involved where then they can connect with people you know like not in a big 
ballroom with thousands of people, but just in smaller, smaller groups. And same thing I see, except for a big networking event, maybe at the welcome reception, I see people wanting to do requesting like one-on-ones or, you know, like small group, just meetings versus big group things. Yep. Yeah. That that's a, I mean, there's a lot of drastic implications of what you said, but I could I could see all that stuff happening, especially like when it comes to like AV, like, well, like instead of the big stage, you know, closing or or whatever, it's how do you spread this out between a bunch of different smaller groups and you know break out because uh, the expectation for people is that they want more um, intimate settings and like it could be. Um, that they find value in that uh, already or they just don't actually have those in their lives because they're more remote workers. Like it could, you know, they could be used mm-hmm. to small huddles now more so than I think that's um, a good point bringing up meetings. that, yeah, the, uh, that the, the inti- more intimate experience. Because now, like, yeah, if, if you want to watch Simon Sinek's keynote, you can just watch it on YouTube and everyone's going to be totally used to that over the next coming weeks as they get trained to like, that's how they're going to consume their content. So yeah, so like big general sessions might go away. Completely. Wow. Yeah. So hard to think about the future. <laughs> well, you said it's so sad. It's this entire entire world planning for a future with no date. It's it's uh it's yeah. crazy. Nobody yeah. nobody knows. Um I you know, Will, you just said weeks and it's not weeks, it's months. Um like yeah. it's there's there's a long road still ahead of us and and a lot will change, will be forced to change. And then I think there's a lot that will change for the good. So definitely, definitely. Should we wrap this one up with a nice little bow? Oh, a, a bow. Yes, would please. Be nice. Yep. Nice. Well, thanks, everybody, for uh, tuning in, hearing uh, our brainstorm of attendee expectations. We'd love to hear from you. Shoot us an email, eventbrew at helloendless.com, and let us know, what. how do you think attendee expectations are going to change in the future? Um, shoot us an email. We'd love to know. We'll, we'll even happily read off some of your responses during next week's episode as well. Um, and uh, thank you to our uh, lovely co-host, Tui, Dustin, Nick. Thank you guys for joining us today. Yeah. Yeah. Americans, oh, thank you. Stay in your damn houses. <laughs> stay off the freaking beaches. You, you will be fine. I promise. I I I haven't left my. I haven't gone out my front door Dude, like Nick, in six stay days. Stay home. Don't <laughs> yeah. be stupid. Drink the dew. <laughs> I mean, I may be do, extreme. Do yeah, I have enough dew for at least three or four <laughs> more minutes. About three or four more minutes. <laughs> Stay home. Don't be stupid. Save a life. Awesome. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, you guys know what to do. Rate, review, subscribe on your favorite podcasting platforms, all that jazz. Engage with us. Hit us up on social media. Um, and we'd love to hear from you guys right now. So let us know how you're doing. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you guys next time on Event Brew. Bye. Thanks again for listening to Event Brew. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventbrew.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. See you next time on Event Brew.